Spotify, podcasting, and what goes in your ears. That's what we're talking about this week on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. Special thanks to Podsites for sponsoring this article. Podsites, podcast attribution. Go to podsites.com for more details. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, Here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. It doesn't take the most critical mind to see that Spotify is working towards a siloed podcasting landscape. I talk about that future in my article, Spotify is in Podcasting to Win, which I'll link in the description. All that's left to do is theorize how they're going to achieve this future and what they're going to do when they get there. I spoke to Griffin Caprio about his theories on the subject. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining me here today. We're with uh, Griff Caprio, who was uh, previously at his own podcast production company in the branded space. Griff and I actually met on the Quired FM uh, Slack channel and started talking about my Spotify article, which this is the podcast companion for. Griff showed me that he shared a lot of those same opinions probably three to six months before I even started posting on Sounds Profitable. So we talked a lot about it afterwards. He definitely was a big influence in my follow-up article. And I thought it would be great to introduce some of you to him because he's got some great perspectives on this. So Griff, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's uh, great to join you here on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And so, you know, we talked about Spotify a lot. And this is what the conversation is going to be about today. And, you know, one of the things that we had talked about was Spotify's goal isn't just podcasting, right? It's it's about owning the ear. What's that mean to you overall? And what do you think that that means for podcasting specifically? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think one of the things to keep in mind is Spotify is not assuming that the future of podcast listening looks like the past. And I think that's an important lens to kind of come at the moves and the decisions that they're making. And so when they talk about owning the ear, you know, they really don't see podcasting as any different than music or frankly, audiobooks or meditations. They see it as audio content. And so if you're listening to something in the headphones, they want to be where you're streaming it from. And so much like um, Facebook didn't care what you were reading in your newsfeed. It could be articles. It could be photos from families. It could be, you know, news updates. Spotify really doesn't care kind of what you're listening to as long as it's streamed from them. So that's the interesting part there. Like, I agree with you that Spotify cares about what you listen to comes from them, right? That's the core of that. Um, But the thing you said was the future versus the past of podcasting. Like we are obsessed with podcasting because we're in this space. And, And honestly, it is pretty cool. That's not just like a, hey, I'm over here touting my own thing. But do you think Spotify thinks long-term that what they're going to build or what they're building, the name podcasting means anything? Or are they going to merge everything together? I mean, obviously, music catalogs and things will stay the same. But is Spotify going to bring in audiobooks? Or are they going to keep and then also podcasting and differentiate the three? Or is it going to be music, spoken word with music, and then just spoken word and, and treat them as their own entity? You know, I think they're just going to kind of merge everything together. So I think you're going to see playlists 
start to intermix content types. Um, I think you're going to see them, you know, you, since that article came out that you originally wrote, they bought uh, Megaphone. And so they're going to yeah. start to power audio content sh- consumed on other platforms, but kind of streamed and sourced from them like ads and, and everything. And so, you know, I think they want to be the originator and I think they want to be the platform that everything comes off of. And it doesn't really matter kind of what content is, as long as it's going into your ears. Like, I think that's just where they're, where they're going. But do you think they'll keep the title podcasting or do you think that it, like in three to five years from now, Spotify will have something that is podcasting as we know it today or an evolution of it, but not use the word anymore? No, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll use the word, you know, there's a lot of power in nomenclature and it doesn't matter that if it's an anachronism or not, um, or if it's relevant or not. I mean, think of how many things that we still use that, you know, <laughs> how many times do you go to save something on your computer and the, the icon is a floppy disk? Yeah. Like, and even today, you know, new software will come out. And so I think there's, there's a lot of power in defaults and there's a lot of power in familiarity with people. And if podcasting is what they know a certain content by, you know, they're going to continue to use the word podcasting. I just don't think it matters to them. Yeah. I think that's also interesting too, because they've tried already to change what we call like a three minute or a five minute, like brief. And people keep trying to give things different names. So we all default back to podcasting. It's just a short format podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, one of the other things we, we talked about was the difference between podcast listeners and people who listen to audio content. And I, I wanted to share a little bit here. So huge sci-fi nerd or just fantasy nerd in general. And the best way you can spend money on Audible is buying a Brandon Sanderson book because they're mm. like 55 hours per book. Wow. So what a way to get your credit out of it. <laughs> Great, great books too. really enjoy. I've consumed everything he did, but he just came out with the, the newest book, 55 hours, fourth book in the series of five. And I was so excited to listen to it. And I put it on and I had to replay the first four hours because I've been listening to podcasting for so long that I forgot that I have to truly pay attention mm-hmm. to audio instead of passively pay attention. And when it's a book, someone is spending their time and committing to putting something very specific there for a reason, ideally, mm-hmm. in front of you. Whereas podcasting, even the most structured and intelligent podcast kind of circle back to concepts a little bit over and over mm-hmm. again, right? It feels like the they go back to the original idea and then further out and further out. So if you miss a minute or two, you're not dead in the water. But uh, like I missed an entire plot point and I was like, when did that happen? Mm. What do you think the big differences are between podcast listeners and audio listeners? You know, I, I think it, I think it really has a lot to do. And this is something that, you know, at the, at the company I was previously at Dante 32, this is something that, you know, we really coached our clients on is you need to meet the listener where they're at, not where you want them to be. And I, I think this is the eternal struggle with artists and content creators in general is they create something and they want it to be consumed how they envision it. And there's this tension in the market where people will consume content in a way that makes sense for them. Just for example, you know, if you spend a lot of money on an audiobook um, production and you get the sound editing and the sound effects and you get the music and the scoring and everything sounds amazing. And then you have someone listen to it at 3x speed. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, that's going to upset the content creator because they had a vision for like how you should consume this and the world that they wanted to put you in. But at the end of the day, it's the listener that dictates kind of how they want to, to consume it. And so I think, you know, I think there are some podcast listeners that are looking for something equivalent to white noise in their ear as they're doing something else. Uh, And I think there's other podcast listeners, you know, like myself, for example, I listen to different podcasts in different contexts. 
When I want to concentrate and focus, I listen to certain podcasts. When I'm just kind of walking around or playing with my kids or doing something else, I listen to other types. And so I think you just have to kind of put the content out there in as many ways as you can and let the, the listener decide how they want to consume it. So that so two things in there I want to jump into is one that makes me really happy to hear that you like listen to podcasts when you're around your kids and whatnot because for me like some people might be like oh well pay attention to your kids and what I could say to that is that I would rather a headphone in my ear and one ear and paying attention to them in the other or watching them do their thing than be on my phone and for me podcasts have been that right mm -hmm. if I need to kind of like tune out a little bit but I don't want to look at the phone and I want to engage my kid the po podcasting has been so perfect. So do you find that as like a great way to like still learn something, still be entertained, but also commit yourself to what your kids are doing? Yeah, occasionally, you know, it really depends on on the kids and stuff like that. I'm sure any parent yeah. out there knows the the feeling of the kids wanting to play with you and then never letting you touch anything. <laughs> you know, but I'll also... My son's definitely in that phase at two years old. Exactly, exactly. It's like, not like that, dad, not like that. But, you know, there's also the case where my sons, especially my oldest son, who's in first grade, loves listening to audio content. And, you know, there are great tools out there like Epic Books that have read to me books. So he knows to follow along with the pictures. There's a lot of, you know, the equivalent to basically audio books. And there's something really interesting that I, I, I think people miss. And they ask kind of about like audio versus touch or video or something like that, different mediums. And it's really, when you think about it, people learn to interact with audio first. There's a reason yeah. we learn to hear and speak as, as kids first, before we learn to write and before we learn to talk. The hearing and the, and the speech recognition is kind of the first and foremost mechanism that kids know how to consume content. They know how to request things. They know how to you know, be entertained. We sing to them. We do all these kind of things. And so it's just natural for kids to want to gravitate to engaging stories like that before they get into the visual um, or the touch aspects of things. Yeah. We focused really hard on not letting my kid watch TV until he was two. And, you know, I, I don't really, I have no opinion on how that works for other people's families. It was just like a goal for us because me and my wife are super addicted to screens. But he, we started listening to the Molly of Denali podcast on PRX. Mm. Uh, I talk about it so much. I hope one day they'll sponsor me. But like we've listened to the two seasons about four or five times. And my kid asked for it. He'll rather listen to that than watch TV. And, you know, right now we're recording in December. So we're excited for the last night of Hanukkah to be uh, doing a Yodo box mm. we got for him, which is a uh, like a you have these cards that you can put up to 500 megabytes of audio on them. Oh, and he okay. puts it in the device and it just plays it. And so I'm super excited to play around with that. And uh, I think audio for children is, is really going to be something that I hope we see further expand, especially in the podcast space in 2021. Mm -hmm. One of the other things you said, you talked about like 3X speed and, and things like that. And that whole like, I, I'm going to interpret art however I want. So I'm going to consume it however I want. Podcast namespace uh, under Podcast Index has proposed like per chapter, like the recommended speed or the default speed. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously the players have to pick this up, but it's very interesting because you know, the intent is that like, if you're going to do like the intro, that the intro is always at one X and then you can go nuts as fast as you want sure. through other parts. But, but like to default it back there, I don't think it's going to get the buy-in that people think it will, but it's kind of interesting the control that people want to have about their content, not realizing that like once you put it out there, it's really up for the consumers to figure out how they want to interact with it. Yeah, and I mean, not for nothing, but I, I think there's there's a lot of niche excitement around like the podcast index and the namespace and, and yeah. the movement. 
but in reality, it's not going to move the needle at all in terms of the mass audience. Um, there are uh, there are far more, and you know, having this discussion a lot um, with with people around, kind of, is podcasting too crowded? Are there too many podcasts? There are, and will be for the foreseeable future, many more podcasts, uh, many more people that don't listen to podcasts than than do. And so the yeah. market growth, and this is a great example, kind of bring it back to Spotify. Spotify is going after people that, um, frankly, they could just target anyone that doesn't listen to a podcast and has never listened to a podcast yes. and not run out of growth for the next several years. I love that people are like 1.9 million podcasts. Is it too crowded? It's like, do you look at the New York Times and say like, hey, how are you still in business when everybody can blog? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, like, I'm very glad that there's so many podcasts and like, I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing here in this podcast, but you know, this is for a niche audience. And, and if not, if nobody but my mom, hi, mom is listening to this, then, you know, that's super okay. That happens out of those 1.9 million. Like how many of them are industry? How many of them are pulling a paycheck from it or invested in to build that? And like, that's, we got to draw that line at some point. And that's what I'm really interested to see what of that 1.9 million, how many of them are actually like taking it seriously yeah. or how many of them like hit record on anchor and submitted their one show. That's, that's where we're going to see that difference. But Spotify, you're right. Tying it back to Spotify, terrible tangents here is that their goal is to just get you listening more yeah. and that listening more can help them also because obviously they pay for listening of music. So if you're using their app and you're paying for their service and you're listening to other content, they don't know a percentage on, well, that's going to help them. So 1.9 million podcasts, you might have an obscure taste. They're able to identify what you're listening to and they're able to pick from that pool of 1.9 million. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe you become the sixth listener to some obscure podcast, but to them, they got you listening to podcasts. They've captured your attention. You've signed up. You might've even subscribed to their service. So that's, yeah. you know, that's really their goal. You know, and I think there's a couple of things to unpack there too. And, you know, to your point, like they keep you in the app. Right. And keep yep. you mind share, uh, you know, a couple of things that you um, that you really touched on the idea of kind of peak podcasting or there's there's too many podcasts going back all the way to the 50s, just to kind of take us back. Uh, as soon as we had three cape, uh, three TV stations, there was already too much TV content for one person. Right. We all know only have yeah. 24 hours in the day. And um, uh, as soon as that happened, there was too much. There was more content than we had individual hours. And yet yeah. nobody talks about I mean, we're having some of the greatest uh, TV shows in terms of like kind of the golden age of TV right now. There's so much great content out there. It's become more niche. It's become more focused. There's more diverse stories being told. And so I think a pro uh, proliferation of content only helps, I think you have to stand out. You have to figure out how to market yourself. You have to figure out kind of what that looks like. I also think that secondarily, people need to draw a distinction between podcasting as a medium and podcasting as an industry. And, <laughs> you know, I think what, what you refer to this idea that people are drawing paychecks from it. I think that's a great example of podcasting as an industry in the same way that, you know, people that create blo Hollywood blockbuster movies are in of movies as an industry, a video as an industry. Yes. There's a whole big world, though, of videos that have nothing to do with the latest Avengers. And just yeah. like there's a whole wide world of podcasts that have nothing to do with, you know, trying to reach the top of the Apple charts or competing with Serial or, you know, Joe Rogan or anything like that. And so, you know, really separating, like, what are you going to use the medium for versus are you trying to, like, you know, compete against those kind of entertainment 
you know, audio as entertainment shows and, and really understanding kind of what your goals are and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, you know, you related Spotify to, to YouTube a little bit and that mindset and these aggregators. We talked a lot about aggregators when, when we first met. Like Netflix doesn't have the best content out there, but I am now programmed to go to one place where they're going to tell me what to watch because there's so much choice. Mm hmm. And like when people go on YouTube and they develop their habits and their styles and everything, that's the same thing that's happening there. And it's it's all very interesting. And that's what Spotify has 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 captured for audio right now, right? Like mm -hmm. I I am a Spotify music listener. I don't listen to nearly as much music as I used to. It's used mostly for my kid. But like when I default to opening an audio app, Spotify is at nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. When I want to listen to podcasts, I personally like Apple Podcasts still. But I don't use either of them for discoverability, but like the people tune into a default. It doesn't have to be the best. It just has to resonate with them because I pay for Hulu. I pay for Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime or video that's free as well. But every time I sit down on the couch, I default to Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's muscle memory and we get there. And so, you, you know, I want to I want to dig into a little bit more about how publishers should really think about Spotify similar to YouTube as an aggregator instead of this like, like freelance Netflix mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, like they're, they're going to pay you, they're going to acquire you. So what were your thoughts on that? Can you dig into that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think the idea and the concept of an aggregator, you know, really was put forth by Ben Thompson at Stratechery and this idea of aggregation theory, the internet kind of changing marginal distribution and, and kind of resetting different business models. I think the important part of the aggregator is that, there are two sides, there's supply and demand. And what the internet brought and why these aggregators are so powerful is that they've effectively inverted who is in control in that scenario. And previously it was supply. And so, you know, people who were publishing news or controlling the newspapers, they had control of supply. And so people came to them. Now that's been inverted where companies like Spotify and Google and Facebook and YouTube are harnessing the demand and they're aggregating all the people together and they're forcing suppliers to come onto their platform and frankly acquiesce to what the aggregator wants. I mean, you yeah. know, how many websites out there do everything possible to make sure that Google can index their site? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to bend over backwards yeah. for that. I mean, YouTube influencers at the time of this, the game Cyberpunk mm -hmm. uh, 2077 yeah. just came out. And there are people that were giving it great reviews up until the day it came out. And then you watch these influencers and based on the tide that changed against the, the game and the, the general feedback it got, they put out a review within another day or two after their last one, complete 180ing it, and they're getting even more views mm -hmm. because they instead of focusing on their content and integrity, they're riding that wave because they need those impressions. And they're banking on either the people who saw both of them not caring or new people just coming into the latest one. Mm -hmm. And that's, the, these are people that are creating content, not uniquely for themselves, not how they want to, not artistically. Uh, they're creating content because they have to buy into a system and a groundwork laid by YouTube. And Spotify's trying to do that with podcasting too. Yeah, 100%, especially if you are trying to make money off of those impressions. I think if that is your your kind of end game, then you're going to get caught on the treadmill just like, you know, a lot of other creators. I think what people, especially, you know, influencers and other content creators are definitely starting to realize is that all of those 
all of those areas are rented land and they are kind of yeah. creating little, um, you know, audiences on land that they don't own and, you know, trying to move people onto channels and, and distribution mechanism that they own and control, primarily email and podcasting, um, is what a lot of people have started to move to. I think the big, the big inflection point for podcasting is if the big aggregators, Apple, Podcast, uh, Google, Spotify, those are kind of like the big three in terms of large aggregators. As soon as they stop allowing RSS feeds, and I mean, Spotify already does, but if Google and Apple ever stop and disallow you from putting in your own RSS feed, that's going to be the massive shift in the industry that is really just going to rock things because it's going to really force you to go through that that door that they create. Whereas right now, yeah. there's kind of like a side entrance, but they're really moving towards that. I mean, Spotify started there from the beginning. They disallow RSS feeds, so everything you do has to go through them. And you know, frankly, I think that's where you know Google and eventually Apple are, are headed. Yeah, I mean, I can see the parallels, right? Apple and Google are, are both like, I guess Apple specifically isn't into like the concept of side loading on their devices, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be signed and in their ecosystem and podcasting kind of doesn't fit with that. And it's a native app and it's kind of an exposed way of going about it. I, I'm personally not a fan of closing off that, that avenue. And I'm not sure that Apple's going to take that move anytime soon, but I can see that future where they consider it. But I, I guess when I look at the, the battle, so to speak, between Spotify and the other partners, by closing that off, you're just bowing to what Spotify has started. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if we're not going to see Apple and Google and Amazon push more towards the free and the open than try and replicate Spotify because Spotify killing the free and the open is really what's going to propel them even further. Yeah, and I think they, they they both have different incentives. So play this out like a like a chess game, right? Like where Apple and Google are playing on different boards. So Google's goal from a revenue standpoint is impressions, advertising, you know, kind of those transactions. So I think they they have an incentive to be free. Yes. Apple, on the other hand, though, is investing a lot in Apple Music, and the problem is you can't fight Spotify on one front when Spotify is starting to expand where they're where they're going. And so it depends on how critical Apple Music is to, frankly, Apple in the future. Because, you know, if they think it's critical and they're just going to keep losing market share to Spotify because Spotify is going to start to encompass podcasts and books and all these other things, they're either going to have to respond in kind or they're going to have to kind of concede Apple Music as kind of a an also ran or as a bundle in Apple One or something like that and not a true, you know, kind of competitor. So I'm actually shocked that that podcasts aren't in Apple Music. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Apple's they're certainly not dumb and they're certainly not blind to it. They they have to have some sort of incentive structure that's prevented them from merging those two things because otherwise, like I can't really understand like why. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is I mean, this is the fun part about talking about Spotify and what's going on right now, right? By the time this comes out, you know, it's very likely Spotify could have made another move or someone else could acquire someone. Um, the space is moving really fast. And I think Spotify has a neat offering and they're absolutely doing a lot of great things to pull people into the podcast ecosystem. I, I just, I, I don't think that it's the doom and gloom that I wrote in this article. <laughs> uh, and that's why I'm thankful that I got a chance when they acquired Megaphone to write another article kind of talking about the positives of it. Uh, and I'm excited to dig into that in a later episode. Yeah. But it was so great having you here to talk about this. As I always end, uh, I wanted to ask what your uh, what your current favorite podcast is. What are you listening to right now that you want to share? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of 
kind of story driven podcast. And so Blamo from Blamo Media is all about kind of the world of fashion as it's evolving kind of in these times. And so that's just a fascinating look at an industry in a space. Acquire.fm, where you and I, you know, kind of got connected. They do an amazing job at, you know, really kind of doing very, very deep dives into businesses uh, throughout the last couple of years and, and kind of acquisitions and things like that. It's really fascinating. Um, so I tend to, I tend to lean towards things that are more educational as opposed to kind of like that pure entertainment. Um, but those are my, those are probably my two favorites. And then, you know, I really like, I really like a uh, podcast from the ringer. Um, so binge mode is a great example of, although Jason Concepcion just left there, they're going through all the Marvel movies and they're doing like a two and a half hour podcast on each Marvel movie, which is a lot of fun. So, um, those are, those are always great times. So I tend to trend towards like yeah. very long podcasts that are go very deep. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. They got to see the deep dive into Ant-Man. Yeah. They just came out with Ant-Man, uh, and they're in the phase two of the MCU. Although, and here's, it's actually interesting because ringer was bought by Spotify and so now anything older, I think, than 60 days on the Binge Mode podcast is gated, and you can only get it on Spotify now, which is unfortunate because they got their start doing very, very, very exhaustive deep dives into Game of Thrones. And so they've done Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and Star Wars and, and kind of very lower-based you know, content channels like yeah. that. And so it's, it's just interesting to kind of watch the, the market and the space evolve and, and the different models coming up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You got it. Thanks for having me, Brian. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with Terra to give you a minute-long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Griff Caprio for coming on to help me expand on my article, Spotify is in Podcasting to Win. If you like what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High Five RPG, and of course, you can email me, Brian at soundsprofitable.com. We'd love to hear your responses to the questions we're asking or questions you may have for us. So click on the Yappa link in the description and leave us a voice message, which we'll gladly respond to and include in our podcast with your permission. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us, and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.